in Joshua chapter 3 and 4, Joshua leads the nation of Israel across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. Then after the whole nation had finished crossing the river, Joshua instructs 12 men to take 12 rocks from the middle of the river and to carry them to the place where they're going to be staying. Then in uh, verse 20 of chapter 4, Joshua says this, And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken up out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea. When he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Well, today is our outreach weekend and it is our desire to build a memorial so that we'll be able to remember all that God is doing in this community through our outreach ministries and through you. And so you're going to be uh, hearing from different people in the next little while as, again, we... uh, establish that whole aspect of God is great in this community. Now, many of you know that uh, our outreach strategy is twofold. One, we want to equip, and motivate, and empower you to uh, reach out to, with the good news of Jesus Christ to people in your spheres of influence, whether it be your friends, relatives, associates, and your neighbors. And that's why we've had these uh, Fran services, like we've had the, the Christmas and Easter Fran this past little while, uh, so that we're a- actually uh, coming alongside you as you desire to reach out to those who you love and care about uh, and share with them this greatest message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, this, uh, in this past uh, two friends, we were able to give out 500 of these guest packages as you've gone and invited uh, different people and uh, a, a whole bunch of them have actually crossed that line of faith, started following Christ, and are now involved in small group Bible studies, and they're coming regularly to this church. Some of you might actually be out there right now. Uh, So that's exciting. We also have our Alpha ministry led by Ellen Perry, uh, and a great team of table leaders and people who work in the kitchen who serve, uh, so that they're, again, able to assist you as you're inviting some of your friends and relatives, those who you care about, so that they'd be able to hear the good news in a very fun, engaging, and creative way uh, about this Jesus who we know and love. And again, uh, this, past little while we, this past year, we had our 14th and 15th Alpha. Uh, and we, again, we had about 120 people participating in that, and five people have uh, also started following Christ. And then many others have continued on in that seeking process. Some are uh, also involved in... Um, Seeker Bible study, others are going on into, uh, just again, in that investigative process. And we're just excited to hear, again, some of the testimonies, some of the stories uh, during the baptismal services of those changed lives. We also have our fourth base class and other evangelistic seminars that, again, equip you and empower you to share Christ's message effectively with love and with gentleness and respect. But, you know, uh, God has called us to this location, into this community, at 2459 Islington, for a very specific reason. And um, uh, we want to stay here, just as you heard last weekend, of our commitment in this neighborhood. Uh, 
You know, instead, we, we wanted to go and plant churches to other places of great need. So we'll be able to fulfill that vision and mission of making uh, disciples of Jesus Christ um, and uh, helping them follow him in authentic worship. So in, in that uh, uh, strategy, we're, again, having specific intentional outreach here with specific target areas. And you know, there's a whole bunch of outreaches that we have in this church, and we just praise God for that. Uh, but it would take too long to begin to just have everyone share. So we picked four different ministries to share with us this, uh, this morning. And again, the, the psalmist that, that's already been read for us this morning just reminds us again, O oh Lord my God, you have done many miracles for us. Your plans are new, new, too numerous to list. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. I have told all your people about your justice I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, know, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept this good news hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. So um, please pay attention as we begin to hear what God is doing in our community through different people. Increased the staff team from two to eight, the volunteer team to over 70, igniting new ministries and partnerships throughout Etobicoke. Over 600 at-risk community youth have been positively impacted through drop-in, sports, after-school, and church programs, as well as individual counseling and anger management sessions. Over 500 of these youth have heard about Jesus' love for them and his amazing plan for their lives. At least 10 Etobicoke youth have made life-changing commitments. Many more are farther along on their spiritual journey. The local faith community continues to be powerfully united. Presently, 20 churches are working together to reaching the most impoverished and crime-involved neighborhoods, most notably Jamestown. This unity can be specifically seen through multi-church programs such as Hoops Unlimited and the Etobicoke Strategy a Christian leadership initiative that partners with police and other legal justice agencies and personnel. The Etobicoke strategy is based on the ten principles created by the now famous Reverend Eugene Rivers, who witnessed the Boston youth murder rate decrease from 300 murders per year to less than 10. On top of all this, Etobicoke Youth Unlimited has successfully built significant bridges into local schools. YU staff and volunteers are now present in seven schools in North Etobicoke with two new school programs to open up soon and three others on a waiting list. Also, God has built impossible bridges to two levels of government, the Toronto Community Foundation and the police, providing YU with critical funding and support. None of this would be happening without the commitment, prayers and donations of our supporters who are helping us build impossible bridges. Hello everyone. Good morning. My name is Kevin Stoddart. For those of you who don't know me, I've been coming to the congregation here at Rexdale for the last two years. Uh, I was a, I was also a volunteer, and I'm currently a volunteer in a couple of ministries. One inside the church that's roots on Wednesday nights for high school students, and also the ball hockey league that runs out of TCI on Sunday afternoons. 
It was within weeks of uh, giving my life to Christ that I was asked by Scott Beals to help out with the ball hockey league. Even with no previous uh, youth work experience, it was easy for me to agree, as I had been playing as a player in that league for almost eight years at that point. My duties were very simple. I'd help with the basics of keeping the league running, moving equipment and nets, uh, bring water for the kids every week, and taking some leadership during the games. As a new Christian, me volunteering even in such a limited way was extremely beneficial for my walk with Christ. I had forced myself to leave almost all aspects of my old life behind. This included all of my friends, as uh, their lifestyles were irreconcilable to the lifestyle I was trying to lead. I was feeling very alone and very unclear how to proceed with the life-changing decisions I had made. Since the beginning, volunteering has provided me a place to learn many lessons about the Lord's mercy and love. It has provided me a few, relations that, a few relationships that I couldn't imagine missing out on now. After a little while with the Ball Hockey League, I felt called to share what God had done in my life. I started by sharing my testimony at a couple of half-times during the year, but soon realized that the Lord wanted me to get even more involved with youth ministries. I decided I would ask to become a small group leader for the high school students and started coming to Roots on Wednesday night. A few years ago, I had zero interest in working with youth as a volunteer, but now I find it hard to picture my life without ministry involvement. I've now found working with youth to be one of the most interesting, challenging, and rewarding experiences in my life. Finally, just before I go, I'd like to ask for your prayers for the volunteers and specifically for those working with the young people, both in the church and in the community. There's literally a spiritual battle going on for the souls of these youth, and we know there will be uh, spiritual attacks on those trying to lead them to Christ. So I'd just like to ask that you keep these ministries in your prayers on a regular basis. Thank you very much. God bless. Good morning. What a journey this has been. Ten years ago, next weekend, I started volunteering in the Road Hockey League. Kevin just uh, spoke about and um, more important than that, uh, 11 years ago, yesterday, uh, I married a lovely lady who's somewhere in the crowd right there, Cynthia, my wife. And uh, this journey, uh, you know, she's been taking on the journey a lot more than I have been, that's for sure. So please continue to pray for her. She lives with this sold-out guy for Christ. But anyway, praise God and thank you for what he's doing. Um, uh, even since this video, uh, so many great things have happened um, just in the last five or six months. Um, just five more real, real commitments to Christ, like one-on-one -on -one praying and then being discipled and in the church and youth group, um, 14 hockey commitments in the fall, and uh, just more funding from a number of sources, including the Toronto District School Board even for uh, two of our works and two, two schools. Um, one of those new works um, uh, in our eighth school now, Robin Chu uh, began. She's an intern with us. Uh, at the Elms Junior Middle School just down the street here. And that just started three weeks ago. Um, I think two weeks ago, she had to break up two fights. Uh, you know, it was only, this is a small program, only like six youth. So it just shows some of the challenges of, of what we're working with. Um, but again, even though the, the video that went there was a Youth Unlimited uh, wider video, you know, when we talk about eight staff, four of those are from this church. We talk about 70 volunteers, probably 30 plus are from this church. So Again, I just want to thank you so much for being so behind reaching this community with the love of Jesus Christ. It's just been uh, just so hugely encouraging to me and, and my, my staff. So um, our top current needs, uh, just more prayer warriors. Um, 
just you'll hear about challenges in a second, but just uh, we need to pray that strongholds will be will come down in this community and the lives of youth, and God's spirit will be poured out. And even more intercessors. God just spoke to me Monday um, in a prayer time, just like. You know, we need to access more intercessors that are really bringing these things before the throne of God on, on a, you know, multiple times a day basis. So if you're an intercessor intercessor and could do that for us, please talk to me afterwards. Uh, more mentors um, to reach these at-risk youth and, and volunteers to help out even administration in other ways. And uh, more financial support, especially for our in-school ministry as much as possible. But again, thank you so much for all you've given already. Uh, the opportunities in the area. Um, the, the nations are here. Uh, you'll hear more about that later. It's every major religion, um, just huge cross-cultural experience uh, without leaving Canada. The open doors at the schools. Um, we have uh, five we can't even respond to right now that have expressed an interest in our programs. Um, and and you know, another opportunity is God unifying the body of Christ in Etobicoke, bringing down denominational and cultural barriers. Um, and especially this was shown with uh, Westway United Church. Um, we had one program. We started Dixon Grove uh, Junior Middle School this fall, and we had no resources to, to get in there, but they came on board with a bit of funding, but more importantly, 15 volunteers come out there once a week, and, uh, and they've been just hugely touched from this involvement in their community um, from where they were before. Uh, one hockey comment I forgot to make, um, or one volunteer comment, I did this last night, I'm going to do it again quickly. If you volunteer and drop in hockey or school outreach, if you could stand up for a minute right now, just to shake this up a little bit. Any time in the last year, even if it's been one week, Chris. <laughs> so anyway, these are, these are the people that are really doing the frontline ministry. So just give them a hand. And... Um, One interesting factor Kevin shared, you know, he's a nice young guy. I think he's a good youth minister, right? But, but um, a majority of our hockey leaders are 40-plus years old now. Hopefully they don't mind me saying that. I'm almost there myself. So, um, but, uh, you know, anyone can do this uh, for sure. So um, our challenges, just uh, we had a, two months ago, um, we were pursuing a bigger project involving six schools and, and some crime prevention funding. And a Muslim group um, started complaining about, you know, why is this Christian group being allowed to lead this thing? And eventually it led to the superintendent in this area um, requiring a letter from us guaranteeing no religious indoctrination in our program. So that was just like, like we go in there knowing those are the rules, you know, and, and we're there to love the kids and show them Jesus by being there. But we like to share just, you know, what makes a difference in our lives a little bit. And um, we're still doing that, but just pray for, for wisdom, discernment, and, and openness in that challenge. The other challenge, violence, Jamestown area, Dixon Road area, uh, five murders between August and November last summer in Jamestown, um, two in Dixon Road last summer. Um, Hoops Unlimited, uh, our basketball outreach you saw in the video, last two March break tournaments have had stabbing incidents at them last year, a youth you know, potentially could have died, like he was in critical care for a week or so. So pr pray for like protection over staff, volunteers, and all these things. It's a can be volatile. Um, this thing we haven't, we haven't had these issues here in this church in the drop and praise God. But um, anyway, the other challenge to establish a Christian presence in every school, especially public schools. Um, you know, in North Etobicoke first, but all of Etobicoke eventually. I really think it's going to come about. Um, but it just requires more volunteers and resources. So quick uh, concluding story uh, about my, my children's school. Um, my oldest son began grade one a year, a year and a half ago. So if you haven't been interested in youth ministry, um, wake up now for a second if you're, if you're a parent or a grandparent. 
um, because th- uh, a year and a half ago I started grade one soccer and, and also started co-chair of his school council just to be involved in the school, be a presence. And, um, you know, now I know like 80% of his grade mates, not just his classmates, but his grade mates, I know like details about them and, and, uh, and within a week or two we're going to start a Bible club one day after school and anticipate just even word of mouth, we'll easily have 20 to 30 kids out for that. So just really encourage you to get involved in your own child's school in that way um, and uh, support them that way. Or children's outreach hockey, there's been some talk about doing a children's hockey league and, and just even encourage you to stay here in this neighborhood as, as much as you can. Um, afterwards, if, you could put, if you're interested, you can pick up prayer letters in the foyer there. And uh, right now, I'll place a rock here. And uh, may this serve as a memorial so that the peoples of earth, of the earth, will know uh, that our Lord is powerful. Uh, do all things. Amen. Someone is waiting to meet Jesus on the other side of your fear. This is what happened to me. This is how I heard the gospel. Someone was willing to share Jesus Christ and stepped out and told me about his love and what he has done for me. My name is Nick Hill. I'm the director of the Rexdale Youth Center, um, which is a ministry of Rexdale Alliance Church in partnership with Toronto Youth for Christ Youth Unlimited. Scott being the director, I just shared. Um, I've been here for about a year and a half, and it's just been a, it's been a ride. Um, and this is my family here. We came out about a year and a half ago on faith and started at quarter time. Um, It's just been amazing how God's provided um, and just the way he's worked in and through um, the ministry we've been part of. Uh, Jen, this is my wife, Jen, on the left. Then there's little Ian. Then there's myself. And then there's Grace. And my wife is due any day now. It might be today. It might be tomorrow. So we're excited. Um. And just blessed by God to have these beautiful children. So it's just amazing. The mission of the Rexdale Youth Center is to reach the unchurched youth, non-Christian youth of the Rexdale area who are from various cultural and religious backgrounds with the gospel of Jesus Christ in hope that through these youth, many in their communities right here in, in the GTA and many in their unreached home countries would hear the gospel, would experience salvation and become followers of Jesus. This is a grand vision. This is a big vision. This is a God vision. This is not anything we can accomplish, but only through his spirit and only through his power, only through prayer. Um, But it's God's biblical vision. So that's our vision. Um, Our motivation comes from two key texts. Uh, One is Romans 10, verse 13 to 17. It says this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one whom they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Another motivation has been something that I've personally um, put my kind of faith in over the last almost two years. Second Timothy four, verse one, two and five in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead and a view of his appearing and his kingdom. I give you this charge. 
Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship and do the work of an evangelist. And since faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, only faith can be produced by hearing the word of Christ, we make Bible study, an evangelistic Bible study, the central part of our program. Um, we do an evangelistic Bible study on the Gospel of John on Wednesday at lunch, and this comp- uh, is comprised of 40 to 50 youth from various cultural backgrounds, such as Somalia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, Ghana, Cambodia, Trinidad, Philippines, India, Jamaica, Barbados, and so on. We serve free hot dogs, halal, for the Muslims that come, and beef for the rest. We do two weeks of small groups in a row, and then on the third week, do an evangelistic message based off the passage. And so... Um, Sam will speak, uh, Stephen's the youth pastor, I will speak, um, Alan Hayhoe, who's a leader in our church, he speaks as well. So it's just a great time to explore the word of God and see the challenge of Jesus uh, for their lives and for our lives. Um, and since a lot of these kids have no Christian memory, there's no Judeo-Christian worldview, we often have to erect kind of the clothesline of the Christian kind of uh, worldview, and then we can hang the pegs of scripture, right? So... Every kind of Wednesday af- afternoon, they do their community service hours, which are required for uh, the Toronto District School Board. Each kid has to do 40 hours. And during that time, we go through a DVD overview of the Bible called The Stranger on the Road to Emmaus. Um, and then every, uh, every two weeks or so, um, I take two kids for lunch and just pray beforehand that God would speak in the conversation, and it's amazing just how I pray that, and then they come with all these questions about Scripture, about God, about Jesus, and we just have these amazing conversations. So it's just a lot of fun. Um, and then during two other times in the week, we just have it open for free times as well. Some highlights this past year. Um, just the way people have financially partnered with the ministry we're doing here to reach these kids. Um, and because of this, we're almost at full support. So thank you, thank you so much. Um, three youth have come to Christ since January for this past year. Two are attending this church and two are attending another church in the area. They're um, all involved in youth group, um, specifically Roots, uh, here at the, at the church and the senior high youth group. And they're all being discipled um, and they're all spending regular time with God um, in his word and prayer. So it's just been exciting to see their growth and it's just amazing. God's good. So we now have a number of drop-in youth attending Roots, and I just said that. (laughs) So here's some testimonies. Shannon um, was a girl that came to Christ uh, almost a year ago, and this is what she has to say. I came to know God through drop-in. Besides church, this is how I come to get my knowledge. I get my questions answered here. I like how we split into small groups that are guy and girl specific. It gives you a chance to open up to a trusted female leader. And here's Richard. Richard says this, he just came to Christ probably January, February, so he's grown like tons, so it's awesome. I like dropping because I like listening to God's words, knowing the truth about him and the way he shows you how to get through your hard times in life. God is an amazing God. He forgives your sins no matter what they are. And he is always a loving God. He never betrays you. He's always there for you and from the beginning to the end. I like meeting new people and learning what other people have been going through in life, the same struggles as me or even worse. I want to thank the youth leaders for showing me the good things that can happen through life when you follow Jesus Christ. 
and the way that Jesus can show me the truth about himself day in and day out. I am thankful for them for teaching me the truth and showing me a better way to live life. And Alan Hayhoe, uh, a long-term time member of uh, Rexdale Alliance Church, had to say this. He's a drop-in volunteer. Drop-in for me has been another demonstration of relationship building and opening of trust. It seems that many effective ministries such as Alpha and summer camps are based on the same thing. For many people, when Christ knocks on the door, they look through the people to see who is out there with them. If the person or people who introduce Jesus have established credibility, they are more readily open the door to invite him in. During the school year, they see us from week to week in recreation time and small group time. I have seen the credibility grow. So do our relationships and their openness to the message of Jesus Christ as the only way to God through the cross. This takes time. We may not see the result before they finish high school and pass on, but they have listened and they have heard. They will remember the message. They may even remember us. So I'm so thankful to be a part of an amazing team. I have the best volunteers and the best uh, co-leaders I could, I could ask for. So there they are right there. And just, I'm so thankful for them. It's a privilege to work with them. And I'm so thankful to the generous and uh, faithful partners um, and sacrificial partners who have given financially and have prayed for the ministry. And I'm thankful to Rexdale Alliance Church and Youth Unlimited for their passion for lost uh, kids. And I'm also thankful to Sam Aragonis and Scott Beals for their wisdom and leadership and supervision. How you can be involved. You can pray. If this is something that stirs your heart, if, if, if through this you've, you, know, you have a heart for these kids, you can pray with us. It, it, uh, the Bible says, Jesus says, apart from me you can do nothing, and we really believe that. Apart from um, your prayers, and apart from the prayers that have already been given by God's people, none of this would have happened. So you can pray with us and, and pray for us. Um, um, if, if this stirs your heart and you'd like to serve and, and be a part of what we're doing, um, we're still needing volunteers, especially for our Thursday at lunch and Friday times after school. And you continue to, um, if, if this is something that God's leading you to, you could give financially as well to this ministry um, so that it can continue and it can flourish from, for the years to come. Thank you. May God richly bless you. As you've heard, uh, the GTA is changing. Of the 4.7 million people who live here, only 2 million were born in Canada. A major group among those not born here come from the South Asian countries of India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka. These newcomers are now our neighbors, our colleagues at the job, and others run the local grocery store. If you drive north, if you drive north on Islington, you'll come to Albion, and there you'll see a large South Asian shopping area. How do we minister the love of God to these people? And is it our responsibility? If we take a look at scripture, we'll find in Deuteronomy 10 that the Lord our God loves the foreigner who lives with our people. And therefore, his people were enjoined to show love for those foreigners, for you were once foreigners. Turning to the New Testament, we find the specific instruction not to forget to entertain strangers in Hebrews. God has brought these people here so that through you, 
he can touch them with his love. You may wonder how the newcomer would react should you approach him. He seems so different uh, sometimes in the way he dresses and the way he acts. What does she like to eat? What does he like to do? How does he view this world? Can he be trusted with relationship? The newcomer shares a common humanity with us. He desires success and security, just like we do. And his moral positions are similar to our own. One of his most keen desires is for relationship. South Asian Friendship Network exists to assist you to respond to God's heart for the stranger and foreigner he has put in your sphere of influence. If you don't have a South Asian friend and would like one, we can introduce you to one. Would you consider helping a woman with her difficulty in speaking English by visiting in our home once or twice a week? Or would you consider walking a South Asian man through the process of finding a good job? My name is Esther Sadat, and along with Cheryl West, we began the ministry of Saffron five years ago. A number of Rexdaleites have joined the Saffron team, and I'd like to introduce you to one of them, Bob Dysert, who's been on an exciting journey of relating to a family from India. Thank you, Esther. I heard a story once about a girl who flunked witnessing. Though this was an actual course she failed at Bible college, I can identify with flunking witnessing. Not as a course, but as a reality in my daily life. I flunked witnessing numerous times. Sometimes by simply not making myself available to the Holy Spirit for the job, and other times by not feeling prepared enough. I have all kinds of ways of disqualifying myself for this job. I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know how to bring up the subject. I have taken the course or module by Pastor Sam, but I still feel inadequate. Why do I often find this so hard? Partly, I think, it's because I've made such a big deal about it. And it's usually presented, not by Pastor Sam, fortunately, as if we were at a sales conference, getting pumped to sell our product. That's why I've been very encouraged to find out that witnessing doesn't involve selling or pushing anything. It doesn't even involve having a memorized speech. Witnessing is really nothing more than befriending people and telling them your story at the right time, usually when they ask you. That's where saffron is such a blessing. The FR in saffron is for friendship, and the N is for network. I see saffron as a way of getting friends together. Just because we haven't met doesn't mean we aren't friends. And providing some much-needed assistance, especially when I'm with friends of another culture. I realized, with my wife Gwen's help, that I can be a friend to someone. The Lord has blessed Gwen and I with Sikh neighbors on either side of us. One of them 
came over to express condolences to us after my sister's death. He had just lost his sister last year. But while he was there, he put his arm around Gwen and said to us that he thinks of Gwen as his sister. Another couple that we've got to know and love are Hindu. With thanks and appreciation to Saffron, Gwen was introduced to the mother just to help her with her English. Our families have got together different times, and as families, we were becoming better friends. In fact, when their only child of 12 is home from school, he will call us up and ask if we can go get him so he can come over for the day. His mother was telling Gwen, he doesn't even want to go with them to visit another family if they have no children. And, of course, we have no children at home. When I think that if the Lord hadn't used Saffron, Gwen and I wouldn't even be blessed with this family in our lives. Also, the Lord has placed a Muslim from Pakistan in my workplace. When they had the earthquake a while ago, his parents were impacted, had to vacate their home, and he also had some relatives that were impacted by that quake. I told him that I was praying for him and his family, and he expressed appreciation, and we've become closer over time. Each of these friends have given us an opportunity to touch our faith, on our faith, and we have responded, I hope and pray, in a loving way. Gwen and I believe that witnessing isn't coercing someone It's quite the opposite. It's having someone coerce the gospel out of us. Because of the way we live and interact with them, they can't stand not knowing what's going on with us anymore. What we try to do is think about our own story, how we can tell it, and how we can connect it to the events that are happening around us and the things that are going on in the world that we know people want to talk about. Gwen and I realize that with some of our friends, it may take years, especially with some cultures. But we have made friends and are not making a project out of them. John Fisher, who is a senior writer for Purpose Driven Life Daily Devotions, says, don't worry about not being prepared. Probably some of the best witnesses around are people who would flunk a witnessing course, but make excellent friends. You may, as Esther said, already have some relationships at work or neighbors or maybe in the family, etc., that you'd like to make better friends with. I believe with all my heart that the Lord has some wonderful friends already lined up for you. If you'd like to meet one of those friends or just need some help in the relationships you already have, why don't you contact Esther or Pastor Sam? Thank you. The Saffron team is planning two events in the coming months to provide you with an opportunity to invite your South Asian friend. Uh, to come to a situation where Christians are involved and is not coming right out to church. 
The first is a picnic at Boyd Conservation Park on Saturday, uh, June 24th. You can pick up a flyer for that out in the foyer at our table. The Lord has blessed us with beautiful days in the past, and we're believing for one this time, too. And the games in which everyone can participate, best part is the food, a potluck lunch. <laughs> South Asians love to share their cuisine. There's plenty of time just to sit around and talk. The second event is a concert here at Rexdale with Tahira Haida Ali, a South Asian singer, on the evening of August 6th. Again, followed by food in the quads. Um, these are events. We encourage you to bring anyone that you know that's uh, a newcomer to Canada, and uh, they would thoroughly enjoy it. It'll provide for interaction that you wouldn't believe were, would be possible. Please visit our table in the foyer, and thanks for all those in these past five years who have supported us and this ministry. We're very grateful to you. And we, too, erect our rock to celebrate God's work through Saffron over over the past five years. Greetings. My name is Ruby Isaac. Hospitality, and it is one of the primary means for followers of Christ to demonstrate God's love to others. Practicing hospitality is not optional for the Christians. It is written in Romans 12, verse 13, practice hospitality. It is written in Hebrews 13, verses 1 and 2, keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. And in 1 Peter 4, 8 and 9, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And yet, practicing hospitality is neglected. A definition of hospitality It is the practice of receiving and entertaining strangers and guests with kindness. And John MacArthur states it best. The spirit of hospitality is larger than providing a meal and opening a door. Being hospitable is loving people outside our normal circle and doing it without grumbling. We are to open our hearts to those we do not know. Jesus was offered hospitality And he practiced hospitality by the welcoming and loving and serving of the people. And today, hospitality can be expressed and extended in ways that are unique and creative to match our spiritual gifts, our time, our resources, our experiences, personality, and even our family needs. Practicing hospitality is demonstrating love in action. And this pleases Jesus. The Christmas Banquet at Rexdale is an outreach ministry that provides opportunities to again practice hospitality. Our friends and family are invited to a delicious meal hosted in this sanctuary, which has been transformed into a banqueting room. After the meal, the simple but powerful and relevant message of the gospel is presented, coupled with artistic and creative performances. At our 2005 banquet, approximately 125 people each night attended as guests 
all because you invited them and practiced hospitality. Over a hundred volunteers each night served a sold-out audience of 250 people. And there certainly are some God stories, and here's a few. Chris Vermeule invited two of his Ph.D. students and, his, and their friends. His guests not only enjoyed their evening, but said, and they were impressed at the professionalism of each aspect of the evening. One of his students was so touched by the message that would, and the person would like to continue to come to Rexdale. But in the meantime, the student is having professional mentoring sessions with Chris with some spiritual discussions. Penny Morrison, well, she invited many of her friends and family to the banquet. But her dad became ill, and in his place, her sister came. Her sister was hesitant, yet she expressed the peace that she felt here that evening. And she has even been prompted to read the Bible that Penny has given to her. But Penny's story continues. She went to visit her dad in the hospital, and there the gentleman in the other bed was lonely and bored, and Penny was able to express God's love and share a Bible with him also. Then there's Lisa and Howard Randall, and they had invited guests to the Saturday night banquet, because on Friday night, Howard's workplace was holding a Christmas work party. Well, each year, his work party is held at the most exclusive restaurant in Toronto. But Howard and Lisa prayed, and they decided to not attend the work party, but come to Rexdale to serve as volunteers at the Christmas meal. That evening, there was a major accident, and everything was backed up, and even our banquet started later. But all the volunteers in the foyer sang Christmas carols, and they all felt the peace and the presence of Jesus. Lisa and Howard were tired at the end of that evening, but they said it was such a joy and delight to serve, and that was God's gift to them. They're ready to serve again this year. All the God stories cannot be shared at this time, yet God knows each one, and he is pleased. Why have such an outreach ministry such as this, saturated in prayer, in God's love, and in hospitality? Because the love of Jesus is in the hearts of his followers, and that propels them into action. And because of the precious gift of eternal life that we have received, and this needs to be shared with others who don't know. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, And through us, everywhere, spreads everywhere, the fragrance of the knowledge of him. March 12th to 16th of this year, A program was initiated after each 11 a.m. service to meet the many new guests. The welcome team's purpose was to welcome and to connect with guests, provide resources, sign up for a small group, a place to ask questions. This church is large, and this environment is new to many. Many guests and newcomers come, and they get lost, and they feel lost. And this isn't welcoming. Jesus not only saw the crowds, but he saw the individual within the crowds. If we have eyes and ears and feet and the heart of Jesus, then we all must be on the lookout for opportunities to serve and to practice hospitality. This welcome team is a new initiative, and much prayer is needed before God to find out the scope of the welcome plan and how this will be instituted at Rexdale over the coming months. The plan is not to implement a good idea, The plan is to implement God's idea, 
his plans, and his details. As our building expansion occurs, so will the opportunities for all of us to continue to practice hospitality in God's welcome team at Rexdale. The Christmas banquet team and the welcome team share a characteristic common to all ministries here, and that is that prayer and seeking God's heart must proceed for all the people involved and for the implementation of the program. Knowing God's heart, doing what he wants, again, this pleases him. And the unique characteristic about these two ministries is that it is a gateway ministry. It is an entrance for the guests and the newcomers to come, get connected, get channeled into the community and the ministries. We practice, offer, show hospitality in our home and church without grumbling because we are commanded and because our Heavenly Father gave us His greatest gift, His most extravagant gift, His Son, Jesus Christ, so that you and I might experience eternal life. There is no greater demonstration of love than the death of His Son. I choose to practice hospitality not because of guilt or pressure or self-praise, but because my Commander-in-Chief, Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords, he has invited me. God has provided many opportunities in all evangelism ministries to practice hospitality. By partnering with God and with each other, we become his channel of blessing and his love in action to all who attend Rexdale and in our community, in his service and to his glory. And may this also serve as a memorial so that the people of this earth may know that the Lord is powerful. Thank you so much. You know, I work with some very wonderful and gifted people. And again, we've all tried to uh, build this memorial. But you know, these pile of rocks, we're going to take them away. And... Uh, you know, you won't be able to see them. But we trust that uh, as you see them and as, as you see the many people who serve in the outreach ministries, that that will trigger, uh, again, those uh, desires for you to pray for each one of them. And, you know, if you've heard the uh, call all the way through, it's for you to pray and for you to be involved in one capacity or another. Uh, you are significant. And it takes not just a, a group of people, a small group of people, but it takes a whole church. In fact, it takes many churches to impact this community. So we want to invite you in that whole process. As well, you know, many of you could have uh, come up here and presented what God has been doing in your life and through you as well. Because you are also living stones, as it says in First Peter. You are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scripture says, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, who, who trust, you who trust in him recognize the honor of God has given him. For you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. For the benediction, you know, when I was thinking about uh, uh, this time of this service, I was just reminded of what Bob shared about. Again, how fear keeps us 
from sharing fear of failure, fear of people. So I want to bless you for the benediction uh, with the truth of God's word that perfect love drives out all fear. And God has given you his perfect love. And as, uh, again, I'm reminded that we can't minister out of a vacuum. It's only when God fills us and with joy and love for him. So as you go out, may God fill you with his love that you'll be contagious wherever you go. Go in Jesus' name. Amen.